There's an old saying that goes, those who can't do, teach. Anyone ever heard that? Yeah? Yeah, teachers don't like that. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, um, I'm feeling a bit like that today uh, because prayer is something that's never been easy for me. And today I'm feeling, who am I to be teaching you guys how to pray? Sometimes I hear certain people pray and their words are eloquent, their adoration of God is beautiful, their petitions are clear and God-inspired. And then I have my turn at praying and my heart starts racing at 100 miles an hour and, and I get nervous and I stumble and I run out of words and I end up filling the gaps with old faithful cliches that I don't really mean so much but it's stuff that we say to fill the gaps instead we'd be left with silence some people have a real gift of intercession I don't have that gift Okay, so that's my confession to you guys today but you know what maybe, maybe that might make me the right person to teach you about how to pray some people have a real natural talent for drawing and if someone who is a born artist wants to teach someone like me how to draw something even simple like a dog or something well they won't be able to understand for a minute why I can't just do it because I can't but to them it just seems natural. And likewise, it's a person who's a genius at music and they can just naturally pick it up and do it. They're probably not the best person to teach somebody like me who once again finds it pretty tough and a real struggle and just takes a lot of practice and hard work. I think it's probably the same with prayer. Some people have the spiritual gift of intercession and these people have a supernatural ability from God to be able to pray the most beautiful prayers. God just gives them that gift of being able to do it. And the rest of us, we might hear these people praying and get discouraged. We get discouraged because we then think about, oh, I can't ever do that. When I pray, it's just all ums and ahs and I just can't string two words together. And sometimes we just give up because we compare ourselves to those who who have this spiritual gift And we know that we can't be like them. Well, I'm here tonight to say to you guys, I'm not a natural prayer. And I want to encourage you guys that even if you're not a natural prayer, to pray. Um, Pray when it's just you and God and no one else around. Pray when you're together in a group of other Christians. Pray even when you feel inadequate. I don't feel any different. Okay? I feel inadequate too when I pray, especially in front of people. Now, the Lord's Prayer that we're looking at tonight, I find it, it's one of the hardest topics to preach on because a lot of people, most of us probably, know it off by heart. Stand up if you know the Lord's Prayer off by heart. Yeah, most of us. Yep. Used to know it off by heart. Yep. <laughs> And when I realised that I was preaching on the Lord's Prayer tonight, I, I had a bit of a think about it. I thought, oh, what am I going to preach on? You know, because everybody knows the Lord's Prayer and what are we going to do? And I thought, well, really, I, I started analysing it. I realised I could actually get 11 weeks out of this. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, you just look through it. You know, the first week we could talk about God being Father. And what does that mean, that God is Father? 
The next week we could talk about what does it mean that our Father is in heaven. The next week we could talk about what it means that the name of God is holy and how can we glorify a holy God. What does it mean then for God's kingdom to come? In the fifth week we could talk about God's will on earth. In the sixth week we could talk about how is God's will already done in heaven. Seventh week, how does God provide for our day-to-day physical needs? and what, what sort of things are right for us to ask for? Then we could talk about the forgiveness of sins. And then, of course, it comes to a really confronting one, how we have to forgive others. And how God says, you know, actually, unless you forgive others, I won't forgive your sins. Then we could, in the ninth, sorry, the tenth week we're up to, we'd have to talk about times of, of testing and times of tempting and where do those things come from and, and how does God save us from those things. And then in the eleventh week we could talk about evil um, and discuss where does evil come from, who is evil, who is this character we call Satan and how does God deliver us from evil. Now, we could easily spend eleven weeks on, on that and all of these are really good topics And I've preached on most of them before, and I'm sure we'll preach on them again. But the the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus is teaching here, is primarily about prayer. And you know how long it took Jesus to give the lesson on prayer? About one and a half minutes. It's all part of a larger sermon. And you, you know how long it took Janice to read that? One and a half minutes. So we're not going to dissect it up into 11 weeks. We're just going to spend 11 hours on it now. (laughs) (laughs) No. <laughs> to, to chop it up like that, it would be like taking the Mona Lisa and conducting a, ke- a chemical analysis on the paint. Uh, that's not the point of it. Jesus wants us to pray. So we're going to learn about prayer and let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to communicate with you. And Lord, we just ask that you would tear down whatever barriers there are between you and us that are keeping us from this communion with you. Amen. Now I want to start out by saying to you something which is a bit controversial, I know. But I reckon the Lord's Prayer is a bad name for this prayer. It's a bad name. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the, it's the disciples' prayer. Jesus didn't need to pray this prayer. Jesus didn't need to pray, forgive me my sins, did he? No, it's the disciples' prayer. Jesus taught it to his disciples. He said to his disciples, this is how you should pray. And so it's your prayer. It's my prayer. It's our prayer together. Now, as I said, we've been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. Now, has anyone read the Sermon on the Mount before? Do you guys... Yep, you've read the Sermon on the Mount. Cool. What you realise with the Sermon on the Mount is it's not a list of rules and regulations. What it is, it's telling us how our heart should be. So when we're disciples of Jesus Christ, when we're following Christ, this is how the attitude, these are the attitudes that our heart should have towards God. These are the attitudes that our heart should have towards other people. And um, so much of what Jesus is talking about is about what's in our heart. Our practice, what we do as disciples of Jesus Christ, should be a reflection of what's in our heart. So when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he was also showing them what should be important to them in their heart. 
So, as disciples, what should we be praying about? Well, who thinks they should lie to God? Nope. We should be praying honestly to God. We need to pray about what's important to us in our hearts. So then the question comes, what should we be caring about? What should I be caring about so that I can then honestly pray to God about those things? God's holiness, God's kingdom, God's will, provision of daily necessities, forgiveness of sins, being transformed to become more like God and salvation from trials and evil. Now let me say to you, if those things are not important to you, then you're going to have a lot of trouble honestly praying to God. God's holiness, God's kingdom, God's will, provision of daily necessity, forgiveness of sins, being transformed to become more like God and salvation from trials and evils. Now there's not too many luxuries listed in there, is there? There's not too much about wealth or honour or human achievement. There's not too much there about doing well on exams or having bountiful crops or beautiful boyfriends or girlfriends. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which is part of this same Sermon on the Mount, just shortly after this, he said, Seek first, what? The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And what he's talking about there was about the basics of life. Food, clothing, shelter. But his instructions were, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So pray about what's important to you in your heart. But my prayer will not be a godly prayer until my heart values what God values. You catching on here? Yeah? Your prayer won't be a godly prayer until your heart values what God values. And so the challenge for me, the challenge for all of us, is to make God's main thing my main thing. It is to value what God values. It is to pray from the heart what is of God's heart. Praying the Lord's Prayer is not just a matter of repetition. We used to have a little budget until Dad sat on it. <laughs> it was a sad day. You're laughing. We can laugh now. You can laugh now. It wasn't, wasn't very nice for poor old Chris. No. <laughs> anyway, this budget, we taught it to say all sorts of things and... Um, but one thing, you can teach a budgie to say the Lord's Prayer. You can teach them to repeat it. You? And it can sit there swinging away on its swing all day. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And it can do this over and over and over again, 50 times a day, and never a single word would be coming from his little galloping heart. And you can be like that budgie. You can learn the Lord's Prayer and you can say it over and over and over again. You can learn it off by heart. But simply saying it isn't enough. It's got to come from the heart. See, God wants you to live it. He wants you to breathe it. 
He wants you to crave it so much that when you pray, this is the sort of stuff you pray about. Okay, so it's not about repetition. Although repetition is good too. By learning the Lord's Prayer and repeating it, we get it into us. It's about praying from a God-inspired heart. If you only take one thing home tonight, take that. The Lord's Prayer is about praying from a God-inspired heart. Okay, so let's, let's actually go to the prayer. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Disciples of Jesus Christ need to talk with him. If you're not talking with God, if you're not praying, I'm going to have to be really blunt and say your relationship with God is in serious trouble. How good is a marriage when a married couple don't talk to each other? How good is their relationship really when silence is easier than sharing in each other's lives? If you've found it easier not to pray because prayer is too nerve-wracking or if you feel inadequate to pray or if you feel too dirty or too damaged to pray, I want you to hear that Jesus says to you, this then is how you should pray. Start praying. Pray simple prayers. You're not doing it for show. We pray to communicate with God and this God loves us. So if you've stopped praying or if you've never started praying, my challenge to you tonight is start praying. Pray to God. He's waiting for you. Okay, so this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Don't feel inadequate that, um, that you, don't, don't go feeling you can't talk to, to God. God is not unapproachable. God is your heavenly Father. I can speak with a bit of authority on this because I'm a dad too. Okay? So some of you aren't. You don't know what it's like to be a dad. Some of you are. Men, do you like your sons to talk to you? Yeah? Let me tell you what, what I feel. I love it when my kids talk with me. I love it when they tell me what's going on in their lives. I love it when they feel that they can share with me their deepest fears and emotions. I love it when they feel that they can share with me the struggles that they're going through in their walk with God or in their, in their workplace or in their school or whatever it is. I love that. But there's times when I'm hurt. As a dad, I'm hurt when they won't listen to me. I'm hurt when they shut me out or when they do the typical teenager thing and and grunt. (laughs) I'm hurt, Jake. I'm telling you honestly, fella. (laughs) There's times when my children make me angry. They make me angry when they ignore me. I get angry when they shut me out. But I'm forgiving when they come near. That's what it's like to be a dad. 
And that's what God is like with you. And we pray to our Heavenly Father. I'm an earthly father. And sometimes, it could be Jake's turn now to get in. He'll tell you that I'm occasionally an imperfect father. I'll tell you honestly, a fair bit of the time I'm a very poor father. Because I'm imperfect. But God is not imperfect. God is the perfect father. Peter Shirley sings a song that a lot of people can relate to. Lord, I find it hard to call you father. My memories aren't real fond of the father that I had. Lord, I find it hard to call you father. But would you really mind, would you really mind if I just called you friend? Now I heard Peter Shirley sing that 22 years ago. And if my recollection is correct, I remember him telling us that he wrote that song for his wife and his wife didn't have a really good relationship with her dad and she didn't have a very good impression of what fathers were so it was really hard for her to think of God as a father because to her that was a bad thing now I want to say to you today if that's your story don't judge God by the performance of your dad let God be the perfect dad that you never had let God be the, be the father who gives you the love that you were denied from your earthly father. If you were abused by your earthly father, let God be the father who will bring you healing. Let God be the father that you never had. Talk to the one who delights in you. Talk to the one who gave himself for you. Listen to your heavenly father. He's waiting to get in touch. So when we pray, we're not not praying to some unrelational spiritual force. We're praying to someone. We're sharing, we're conversing with our Heavenly Father. Let's move on. Now I want you to listen carefully to this and tell me if this is how the prayer goes. This then is how you should pray. My Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread. Forgive me my debts as I also have forgiven my debtors. And lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Is there anything wrong with that prayer? What's wrong with it? It's selfish. It's selfish. So that's not what Jesus taught us. That's not what Jesus taught us. Change chair. So that was a simple change, isn't it? But you know (laughs) what? It does make a big difference. Now you think about how you pray, and how much is us, and how much is my? How much is me? And how much is us? Disciples of Jesus Christ pray with each other and pray for each other. Now, I'm sort of, um, when I read this and realise that prayer is a communal thing, something that we do together, I also realise that God receives it as a communal prayer. In, In the book of Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, there's an, Revelation has got a lot of imagery in it. Now, I'm not sure how much of imagery is just 
painting a picture of, to try and tell us something and how much of imagery is actually what you actually will see in heaven. I don't know. But the, there's an image of prayers in Revelation. Can anyone tell me what the prayers are in? Does anyone know, know that? It's in a bowl. The prayers of the saints are gathered together in a bowl. Now, in my shed I've got little, little things that I can... I've got two ways of keeping screws. I've got the compartmentalised way. So you've got the leech little tray for each different size screws and everything. Yep, that's great. And then you've got the great big jar with everything in it and all in together. Well, prayers, the way God receives them, is from his church, from his loved ones, together, in the bowl. Okay. So together, let's learn how to pray from a God-inspired heart. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy. Um, I don't know if I've already told any of you here or not, but I'm currently reading a book called God is the Gospel, meaning God is the good news. And in it, the author asks a question that I found very confronting, very challenging. Would you be happy in heaven if Christ were not there? If you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you ever had on earth and all the food that you ever liked and all the leisure activities you ever enjoyed and all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted and no human conflict or any natural disasters... Could you be satisfied in heaven if Christ were not there? I found that a very compelling question. Very compelling. He poses this scene to set, to set, sorry, this question to set the scene for the topic of the book. Eternal life is great. That's all good news. It is a blessing of the gospel, but it's not the gospel. Being saved from hell is good and it's a blessing of the gospel. But it's not the gospel. The gospel, the good news, is God. You see, we tend to make, make it all about us. Whereas Jesus came to make us holy. He died on the cross so that we can become holy. So that we can come into relationship with God. That's what it's all about. The good news is you can have a relationship with God. God desires you and he desires you to desire him. And if God and relationship with him isn't my heart's desire, then I've missed the whole point of the gospel. God is wonderful. God is awesome. God is beautiful. God is glorious. To long to be in the presence of God is the greatest yearning that you can have. But there comes a problem. God is holy and we are not. And that is why Jesus died on the cross. To take away our sins, to make us holy too, so that we can come into the presence of God. So, that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray our way through this Lord's Prayer. 
Um, now, when you pray, I guess we've been conditioned to put our hands together and close our eyes. There's all sorts of postures you can adopt when you pray. The biblical thing is lift your eyes to heaven. Lift your hands up in the air if you like. But as we pray, you can do whatever you feel you need to do to pray with God. You can close your eyes if that's easy for you. You can keep your eyes open. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand out some sheets. I wonder if we can have some volunteers. Can you have some of these out, please? Yeah? And you can do it. Yeah. I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So what we're going to do, this is, this is going to be like the practical exercise um, and you'll be examined on it later. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit before each stanza of the Lord's Prayer and then we're going to actually pray some of this together. Now, not everybody will pray at each stanza otherwise we'll be here long past my tummy's rumbling time. Um, so, has everyone got a sheet? Yep, okay. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I want you to tell God how wonderful he is. I want you to consider what does it mean to you for God to be holy? What does holiness bring to mind about Jesus? How does your heart desire for a holy God? Okay, So they're the sorts of things that you might want to consider as we pray together now. Okay. So what I want people to do is give it a go. Just one or two sentences. That's all we need. I got Phil to kick off this morning. Will you do it again, Phil? Okay. Okay. By the way, everybody, they're visiting me, not the Hemmings. I've got visitors. I've got visitors too. Somebody else can pray a sentence to God. Share it with a group. We're doing it together. God, you're so big and you're so loving and you're generous to us and you you always you know our needs, you know where we're at, where, where we are at. You create all this us and for us and giving us huge opportunity just so that we can we can be blessed by you and then we can uh, return that blessing to you. So we thank you God for, for all that you give us, all the opportunities, because you're so big, you can conquer everything, you conquer death, whatever situation we are in, you can help us through and pull us out.
We thank you, God, for that. Lord, I thank you that you so desired relationship with us that you being a holy God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us that we can be holy too. Thank you, Lord. Your kingdom come. How does your heart desire to see the kingdom of God breaking into this world? You could pray for your neighbour that the kingdom of God would break into their lives. You could pray for Christian ministries um, because your heart yearns to see the lost running into the arms of the Saviour. So the kingdom of God is breaking into the world now, but also there's a future element. Praying your kingdom come is also praying, come Lord Jesus, return. Make things right. Bring your justice. Bring your kingdom. So tell God how you want Jesus to come soon. Tell him um, that you long for Christ. Or maybe you might really be in love with this life and and be loving it and not wanting it to end. And maybe you need to pray, Lord, set my heart's desire on you and help me to long for the return of Christ. So let's pray your kingdom come. Christians, it is not 
pride and also uh, that you send the sunset. Lord, we're in such a mixed spot as we want our neighbors to come know you before they truly will when you come back. And uh, yeah, help us to look forward to your coming. And Lord, I can't wait uh, for when we uh, appeal before you in your glory and are completely transformed. Lord, I pray that your kingdom would come, be set on our hearts, that your spirit would dwell in us, and that you've freely given for us to, to live with and um, to be a, a home for. And I pray that that would uh, stir in our hearts each and every day, and that we would come to know your kingdom even though we're not there yet. Our Papa, I just pray for you that we can be hungry and thirsty for your righteousness and that we can just be bold in this world and not be afraid of, of the evil one who comes to tempt us into to show us another path. But Father, I just pray that we can continue the journey on your path and set our hearts on yours, Father God, and that we can just be pursuing you with everything we have and everything that we are for. Pray, Lord, that you really be drawing them to yourself. And Lord, in uh, all the many communities that everyone here comes from tonight, Lord, we pray there to Lord. We just open our spiritual eyes to, to see that, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your church. Pray for your work. Pray for your business. Pray for your community. What we're praying when we pray your will be done on earth as it is is in heaven is submission. That's what it's about, is submission. Tell God that you are willing to yield to him. Now remember, don't lie to God. If you can't tell him that, make sure you are willing to yield to him. Ask God in what areas you need to yield your will to his where you haven't yet done that. Ask yourself the question, where is pride preventing God's will from being done? And talk to God about that. So let's pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
God, we're sorry for any things in us that stops your will from being done on this earth, God. And we thank you that um, through your death and resurrection that you've paid the price for all of those things and that you have victory, that your will can be done. So we just recommit to you now, Father, and we just ask that you would take us as we are and use us, Father, to do what you want to do um, in bringing your kingdom to earth, Father. We know ultimately that what you want is for your children to fall in love with you, God. And so we pray that you would help us to help that happen for you, God, and help um, yeah, lead more people to your life.
finally do ask that your will be done, like I said, in us as is in heaven, Lord, uninterrupted, unhindered, <coughs> unchallenged, uncompromising. But Father, whatever your will is, we would be obedient to you. Mm. We would love you that much. We would not compromise. But Father, we would be your hands, your feet, in our family, in our church, in our business, in our community. We would stand when you want us to stand. We would serve when you want us to serve. We would be God to those who don't know you. Help us to to be a human. Give us today our daily bread. While the Lord's Prayer focuses on God, God knows that we have needs too. And don't go feeling guilty um, about praying for yourself. Don't go feeling guilty about praying for your family. Jesus told us to do that. Pray for the daily necessities you need. Not for luxuries, not for abundance, but enough for today. You know why Jesus wants you to have enough for today? So you can depend on him again tomorrow? He wants you to depend on him all the time. So ask God to help you to depend on him for everything. Now that's tough in an affluent society. We are one of the most affluent countries in the world. My sister gets words mixed up and she always gets affluent and effluent mixed up. And I actually think we need to count our affluence as effluent. Our affluence stops us from relying on God. Okay? So let's pray. Give us today our daily bread.
trust your faithfulness, your promises to us. We do pray that you will provide us with our needs and grace to acknowledge that they do come from you. So help us to learn that confidence that you will keep providing our needs. Amen. Lord, teach us to be humble, not to seek abundance, but help us to seek the fruit of your Spirit. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Or forgive us our sins as we have forgiven others. What is the greatest human need? Tell you what mine is. Forgiveness. As a Christian, I'm supposed to be holy. As a pastor, you probably expect me to be extra holy. But every day, the flesh gets the better of me. Every day I have to ask God for the same thing again. Forgiveness. You know what? That's okay. God knows that I need to ask that. That's why Jesus told his disciples, ask for forgiveness. Don't you dare ever get to the stage where you give up. Don't ever get to the stage where you go, oh, I've been a Christian for 30 years and I'm still sinning and I'm just going to give up. I just can't do this anymore. Don't get to that stage. Jesus told us to keep praying and asking for forgiveness. And don't you give up on your Christian brother or sister either. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Jesus taught his disciples There is no limit to forgiveness. There's no limit to how many times God will forgive you. Peter wanted to know how many times he had to forgive and Jesus answered him 70 times 7 and the answer to that isn't 490. What he was saying is you just keep doing it. Keep forgiving over and over and over again because that's what your heavenly father is like. So, what do you need to ask God for forgiveness for? And also, who have you not yet forgiven? Forgive them now. Now, when he's talking about us forgiving others as they are forg- like us forgiving others because God's forgiven us, what he's talking about here is not only the issue of forgiveness, we're to become more like God. This is the fruit of the Spirit growing in our hearts. 
So in what other ways would you like God to transform you to become more like him? So let's pray. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. teaching us the importance of forgiveness. You have commanded us to to love one another and we all know it's easy to love those who are good to us or who are our friends, the people we care about. But it's much harder for us to, to love those who have wronged us, to love those who have hurt us. But Lord, we know that Bitterness and hatred have no place in your kingdom. And while there's, while we can forgive others knowing that you have forgiven us, it's also important for us to forgive others so that we're not holding on to that hatred and holding on to the, the wounds that people inflict upon us. Lord, tonight I ask you to please help all of us be able to forgive those who have done us wrong as you have forgiven us for all of our mistakes. Help us, Lord, to to continue as an ongoing thing throughout our lives to be able to freely give our forgiveness to all of those people in the world who have sinned against us. Help us to Help us to let go of our hurts. And we know, Lord, that you can heal us from anything. But for that to happen, we have to be willing to let you work in our lives, Lord. We have to be willing to open our hearts to you. And it seems that it's very hard to, to have an open heart towards you if we're holding on to, holding on to evil feelings and resentment, bitterness. Thank you, Lord, for so freely giving us the forgiveness that we desperately need. Thank you. 
going to your policies and to your rights. And all I just thank you that sin uh, has no dominion over your things. That we are chained to your righteousness. <coughs> And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Tell God the areas in which you feel weakest. Tell him how your faith is tested. Ask him to keep you strong. Ask him to intervene and to prevent this temptation. In what ways are you attacked by evil? Acknowledge God's victory over evil. Acknowledge the power of the blood of Jesus. Acknowledge that Satan is defeated. Pray for God's protection from evil. So let's pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
someone who's just not a figurine, that you were tempted in every single way. You understand and know the struggles that we have, things that we're tempted with, because you struggled and you were tempted. But yet you were strong and you um, never fell or you remained pure and holy. <coughs> Lord, we were weak. And we struggle, Lord, and we fall. I just thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and share those things, Lord, that we struggle and that we are tempted with over and over and over again. I just pray, Lord, that you strengthen us with the power of the Lord. <coughs> um, blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, that you would show us how we can um, not fall and stumble. Lord, when I'm awake, I'm going to focus on you. Lord, help me. The example of Jesus, Lord, and using your holy scriptures. Stand on your word. Lord, help me to daily. From the army of God. Mm-hmm. Lord, I, I thank you for testing me. Even at the time, it's tough, you know, to fess up and don't like it. But Lord, I know that you love me.
Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to pray for each and every one of us here tonight. Um, Lord, I know there's probably one thing that there's very little that Satan hates more than your people communing with you. Um, And Lord, my prayer is that each one of us, as we go out from this place, that our prayer life, the things that we pray for, um, would become things that we pray from a God-inspired heart. And Lord, I know Satan's going to hate that. And he's going to do everything he can to stop us from praying to you in this way. And so, Lord, my prayer is that when we are tested, when we, when we are tempted and tested to, oh, I don't have time to pray right now, Lord, keep us strong and, and keep us focused on you. Lord, I, I pray for the times when, when our prayers start to, to go towards selfish stuff, Lord, that you would guard against that and that you would direct us to pray with hearts in tune with you. Lord, when when we start to pray, my kingdom come, Lord, set us right and and set us with, with hearts ready and willing to pray, your kingdom come. Lord, when when we sit down to pray and Satan starts to make our eyelids droop and want to just fall asleep instead. Lord, wake us up. Put a fire of your spirit in our belly. So, Lord, we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. So, praying the Lord's Prayer is about praying from a God-inspired heart. Let your heart be inspired by God and, and pray from that.